Welcome to a place where we combine equal parts science, technology, design, and entrepreneurship. Then we gradually stir in magic to the mixture, and you have the Perception Podcast. Join us in conversations with design heroes, inspirational thinkers, business leaders, and trailblazers across the globe. Today's guest is Dave McCall. He is a senior designer at Audi working on some of the most cutting-edge projects. David studied industrial design at both Savannah College of Art and Design and North Carolina State University. After graduating, he took his skills to Husqvarna, where he was tasked with making lawnmowers look cool. He spent most of his time at Ford, where he quickly moved up the ranks to lead interior designer. His most cherished project at Ford was being selected as part of an elite unit that was very small and super top secret to build the 2017 Ford GT. The GT program took the automotive industry by storm because of its raw power and beautiful design. It graced car magazine covers and websites across the globe. Dave moved on from Ford to a startup called Faraday Future, where he met a colleague that later asked him to join his secret division at Audi in Malibu, California. We got to work with Dave and the elite team at Ford on the GT. Not only was it a dream project, but the Ford team were an awesome group of people to work with. So ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Let's get the scoop from interior designer, David McCall. So welcome Dave McCall to the Perception Podcast. Hey David, thanks so much for coming on. Hey guys, happy to be here. So let's just get started with a little bit of your background. Can you tell us where you're from and where you grew up? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a car designer. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina and I went to NC State University where they have a really small design program. There. It's, it's actually it's, it's sort of exclusive. They only let in, I think, when I was there, it was like 11 total in the class. But uh, it's not very well known, but it's a, it's a really good program. And uh, from there, I started working in product design in Charlotte for the, uh, the Bolt Group. And about a year later, I moved to Detroit to work for Ford for my first uh, car design job. And actually, I studied industrial design, not really automotive. So uh, that was a big move for me. And uh, coming into that, I, uh, I started working in components where, you know, you design like the buttons and the steering wheels and seats, like the, the smaller parts you sort of interact with in a car. Mm-hmm. And from that, I sort of moved around the company to interior and uh, eventually I was a lead interior designer where you got to work on some pretty cool cars. Uh, and from Ford, I moved from there to a startup, Faraday Future. You've probably heard of them. Sure. Yep. And I was there for a year and now currently I'm at Audi in Malibu. So that's sort of my my work life with uh an internship at Husqvarna, which was really cool. So that's so how's Malibu compared my, to Detroit? <laughs> it's uh, it's a little different, <laughs> my guess. It's, uh, it's great. We have an office right on the the PCH, so sort of stand at the ocean all day, trying to work. But it's uh, it's a it's a great place to work. So you can get, design the car and then take it for a test ride on uh, PCH and do uh, 120 <laughs> miles an well, hour or one mile per hour, depending on what time of day it is, right? <laughs> Well, one thing I learned in car design that I didn't think in school was the designers barely ever get to actually use the products they design, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's more of the executives and the bosses get those. So I think I've probably worked on five or six cars, and I've never even been able to sit in one, unfortunately. But that's sort of the nature of the beast with uh, with the design job. Mm-hmm. 
So what kind of, uh, what set you on your path as far as, you know, the car design? Uh, sorry, what was that? What set you on your career path for car design? Was it, was it, uh, you know, who influenced you? Was it some sort of big break you had? You mentioned, you know, going from uh, product design or industrial design to over to uh, car design. Was it someone that said, you know, take the leap? Or did you just say, you know what, I need a, and I, I just want to break from industrial design? I. Uh- yeah, for me in school, in school, I always thought I would be doing product design. Um, my school didn't really have any connections with the auto design world, and it seemed like such a sort of exclusive club to get into. Um, I focused on product, and I didn't really think there'd ever be a, a window to get into car design. But uh, the funny thing was, I submitted stuff to Ford way back when, and I heard from them probably I'd say eight months later, saying they wanted to do an interview. And I'd forgot even some stuff. So it was out of the blue. I didn't know what was going on. And then uh, later on at Ford, I figured out from a, they do like an executive uh, reach out to the young designers. Where they'll, they'll take you to like the Ford suite at the baseball games and uh, get to meet some of the design executives. It's actually a really cool thing they do. And through that, I met one of the guys that was on the hiring team for me. And he's like, you're the guy from North Carolina, right? And uh, it turned out he liked a, a lawnmower I'd done for Husqvarna. And he said, you know, if you can make a lawnmower look cool, then you could probably make a car look cool. Let's give this guy a shot. So it's just one of those things you would have never planned for or, or guess would have happened. But something as funny as a lawnmower in my portfolio sort of changed my whole career. Awesome. That's amazing. So what? how did you, how did you make that transition? Um, obviously, you had to learn a lot about... Uh, automotive uh, sciences and engineering and aerodynamics is was were you all self-taught or did you get a lot of uh, help on the job and bringing you up to speed um well that's sort of we, we have some young guys at audi and ford and even at ff we did and i always tell them in their career when they're starting is to go to sort of the mothership like the headquarters of one of the big companies if you really want to do car design um go to a ford in detroit or a, you know out in Ingolstadt. Don't don't do a satellite studio. Don't do a startup, because a place like Ford has a really great. It's not really. It's like an unofficial mentoring program where you're assigned a manager. That's usually if they're a manager, they're one of the hotshot designers, and they'll literally talk you through and and show you almost everything you need to know. And uh, I guess my first car's lead. My manager was Bill Mangan, and uh, I couldn't have done the car without him. He showed me almost all the things you would have never guessed go into building a car that you just have to know. And uh, you can't get that experience at like a, a satellite studio. So it's, it's really important for a designer to, to go to one of the headquarters and really learn that part of the process. And it takes three or four years to actually figure out what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did, did you love cars as a kid? Did you have Hot Wheels cars or were you a car fan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up a car mad. I, I was always drawing cars in class and um, I never really thought about interiors of cars. That's sort of my focus now. But uh, you know, I was always drawing as a kid. Just any car I see in the parking lot. But uh, now that I'm in the in the process of designing them, I, I find the interiors really interesting. It's it's all changing so fast today with uh, new technology and you know even self driving. I think the interiors are the, probably the most exciting part to work on for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a it's like a moving living room now because you'll be able to watch movies, order your uh, pizza before you even get there, and Starbucks. It's I think it's the uh, latest Tesla it's crazy. software has like Hulu and Netflix now in the car, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I like to uh, I like to shift the gear still and and spin the tires and all that. No Netflix, no nothing. Just a just a, an old ashtray button that's still in the yeah, cars, you know. That's a really funny thing in the studios is uh, most car designers are deep down there. They're car guys, and there's this like internal you know dilemma of do I do I want these self driving living rooms that would be great to sit in or do I want the <laughs> manual transmission and rear wheel drive and all that good stuff. So right. it's, it's a really funny thing to deal with where part of you wants one thing and part of you wants this, like, I don't want to drive in traffic. I want my car to drive me home. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's, it's a fun time to be doing car design for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's definitely occasions where I, I do not want to drive or I want to get picked up <laughs> yeah. at the train when it's pouring rain and no one can come get me for sure. But uh, yeah, but there's exactly. other times you know there's no one on the highway and you know there's no cops for a quarter of a mile so you just drop the hammer you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's actually it's amplified here in Malibu. We have these amazing canyon roads we can drive, but then five miles away we have the worst traffic I've ever seen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you really want both. It's a it's a fun like balancing act. So where do you find your inspiration for coming up with the ideas? Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, I, I've sort of noticed in the industry, everyone sort of has their own way of finding inspiration. For me, it's, I, I really have a folder on my computer called, uh, inspo. <laughs> and, uh, anytime I see something interesting, I'll just drop it into that folder and it sort of plays on a slideshow on my second monitor. But whenever we get a new brief and, and a brief on a car design is really fun because, you know, the engineers and design managers will come together and try to explain to you what they want, what the customer wants from a car. And they'll give you this like terrible looking package to try to figure out what to do with it. And then your sword just like set free and it's up to you to figure out how you want to present it and how you want to show it. And my process, I start with just looking through that folder and just trying to find things that speak to me that sort of align with what they want this car to be. And I'll do sort of the typical build a little board of, you know, inspirational videos and images and try to explain to myself what the car should be. And then through sketching, try to, put together a presentation combining those images with my sketches to make who I'm presenting to understand, you know, how I got to that process. We don't ever just show a car and say, you know, pick this one because it looks cool. You, you want to design the whole experience and literally every, every part of being in the car. So um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's probably the more fun part of the process is building the story behind your design and then figuring out what you look like and then going back and figuring out how you should show it to people. It's, uh, and then always starts that, with a lot of, uh, pencil and paper for you. Yeah, yeah, it still does. It, it's funny uh, just to talk about the process a little bit. Um, yeah, please. Just like how cars are changing today with electric and self-driving, the car design processes from the, I guess the seven or eight years I've been doing it has completely changed. Um, when I worked with you guys, uh, we were still doing hand sketching. And then we would take a sketch once we liked it and we would render it Photoshop and that takes, you know, hours. And then we'd put it on a big wall, like a big rolling board and present it against everyone else's sketches. And if you're lucky enough to where they picked your sketch, you would build a rough model of it and then they'd build it out in clay. And then you'd work with clay sculptors and they would try to get closer to the sketch and then you'd scan that and go back to the 3D modelers and they would try to get closer to the sketch and then they would remill it. And you do this back and forth for, for weeks, even months sometimes, where you're just trying to get as close as you can to that sketch everyone liked. Um, 
in a 3D clay model, like a full-scale model you can sit in. And today it's it's completely different where I'll do a quick sketch, uh, a bunch of quick sketches, and not really spend a lot of time rendering it, maybe spend a day doing that to where I have something I think I like. And then because the technology's gotten so much easier to use, I'll build a very quick model and have something I can spin around. And instead of doing it in clay, we'll, we'll use VR with a... Uh, with V-Red and we'll, you know, check the model and check the ergo in VR and then sort of go back to ourselves and, and refine the model. It's a lot faster when you're not, you know, working with a clay sculptor team and a 3D modeling team. And it's like a constant back and forth of trying to get closer to the sketch. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it just takes a long time. But when you're just working with yourself and you can do the 3D model yourself and get it in VR, which is almost as good as looking at a clay model, um, it, it takes something that usually takes about six months you can do in, I would say, three weeks. Like it, it really speeds up the process. Wow. What kind of software you use? So the, the base software, as you sort of learn when you get to the big company, is Alias. That's for a designer. At some point in a car's life, it's going to be building Alias. Uh, and then V-Red's the sort of standard presentation software we'd use to mm-hmm you know, flash shaders and look at VR. But uh, new software that's sort of from the gaming industry that's changed my whole process is uh, Blender, which you guys probably are familiar with that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's just, uh, it's really intuitive and it's, it's really fast and it's free, so you don't have to go through the process of the paperwork of getting a, a big company like Ford or Audi to let you use it, which is usually not worth the trouble. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll really quickly build a, a wire model in Blender and I can have a almost full interior, in, you know, a couple of days, something just, it'll be rough, but something you can sit behind and see if you're on the right track. And uh, I'd say it went from probably 40% of my time sketching and then 60% of my time working with clay sculptors and 3D modelers to now it's, I'd say 30% of my time sketching and 70% of my time in Blender, just uh, refining these models. And we use them on exterior and it's like I finished the interior on a car we were just working on and they were having a hard time with the rear end of an exterior and I was able to jump in Blender and build a model that was uh, you know, helpful to them. Something in, in 2D with clay, I just, I wouldn't have been able to get the resources to do it and it just wouldn't have been worth the trouble to help the, the exterior guys out. So mm-hmm. it's, it's making the design process for, for cars, at least I'm assuming the same for video games. The Hollywood yep. stuff, uh, it's making it all just so much faster and more controlled. It's, it's actually, it's really enjoyable to, to build stuff. I never thought I'd say that, but, but, uh, yeah, I like working 3d now, which is pretty cool. It's great. So what was the best project you have ever worked on in your career so far? <laughs> well, uh, I'd say the, the coolest thing I've ever done was, uh, a project I got to work with you guys a little bit on was, uh, uh, Ford GT for, uh, for Ford. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to sort of go through the process of that? Cause it was yeah, that'd cool. be great. Yeah. I, would yeah. Love to, I actually Absolutely. wanted to ask you about that, um, specifically the inspiration behind the GT. I remember when we visited the undercover, underground studio, <laughs> uh, yep. everything on the walls was about um, space travel and uh, mm-hmm. Orion and, and astronauts. Yeah. So yeah, can I mean, you talk was, a little bit about yeah, the, the process and the inspiration behind it? 
Yeah, yeah, actually, I go through everything. It was it was so well done by the, the Ford team, even the part before we even got to touch it. Uh, I love talking about that car. <laughs> it was such a cool process. Where, uh, so for me, I was working on a, an Expedition interior, which is uh, which was a cool car to work on. But then, even actually going back further than that, my my first day at Ford, they they walked me through the studio, and all the different studios. Ford's broken up to like cars, trucks, Lincoln. Uh, interior components it's, it's really cool each one's this big room with clay models and hard models and it's it's like looking into the future because the any car you're working on there has you know it won't come out for another four years and some of them are six years out some of them are eight years out so it it feels like you're sort of uh you know looking through the future what automotive is going to be like and so they showed me, you know, the new Mustang at the time, which was a big deal, the new Explorer, the new F-150. And uh, it was just so cool to first day at Ford, literally see what's coming out in you know, three or four years from now. And then I asked the guys, like, well, where's the new GT? Because that was always my favorite car. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, no, we're not, we're not ever doing that car again. That was a, that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I was like, yeah. it's kind of bummed. So then three years after working at Ford, they, uh, they bring the team into this room, and none of us have heard anything about it. And it's funny because they sort of like locked the door behind them and uh, management got in front of us and they said, uh, okay guys, we're going to, we're going to show you a project that's uh, really exciting, but it's really secret. And uh, the process will be, we're going to do a two week sketch blitz, which is how we pick what the design will look like to like competition. Wow. And uh, whoever wins is going to basically pack up their things and go work in this other studio and, everyone else isn't going to talk about this car again. So it's like, Ooh, cool. Hmm. And then they showed us the program and it was the new GT supercar. <laughs> so when you're in a true. design studio, that's like the most exciting thing possible. Yeah. And, and the, the brief they built for it was really cool. Cause you know, even just hearing that, I was going through my head like, Oh, how can you redo the, the cool retro design they did in a modern way? Mm-hmm. And immediately, uh, our bosses and guys, we're not doing a, a retro car. Like, the car in the 60s was a spaceship compared to everything else. And we want this car to be as interesting today as that car was back then. So no retro. I don't want to see anything from the old car. We want this, you know, totally new style, and, you know, a spaceship today, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they actually built that into this, uh, what you mentioned, Orion, mm-hmm. which was, at that time, it was what the U.S. was going to use to go back to the moon and eventually go to Mars as this new exciting space capsule they were building. And for us, we were going to build a supercar and go back to Le Mans and hopefully win. So it, it tied into the program really well. And then we started getting imagery with that, that really just seeing the images on the, on the wall, you guys saw it, it sort of puts your head in a different place in this like super lightweight, high tech, uh, but really simple and purposeful. We, we didn't want like a, a stylized car, a stylized interior. We wanted to like, you know, be almost this raw instrument for what we wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, just to and, just just to give you uh, our perspective, um, you know, when we got invited, we we couldn't figure out what it was either until obviously when we were let into the the, the basements of uh, Ford. Mm-hmm. But yep. uh, you know, we were on the, on the on the plane ride. We're like, it's probably the new GT, the Mustang GT. You know, it's going <laughs> to be a 350 because, as you know, I'm a Mustang fanatic. Oh yeah, and. Uh, and then when we got there and I saw that, it felt like we were building like a super athlete. When when you, we saw all the imagery and all that like laid like out, Under Armour too. yeah, there was there was something uh, like I think Colors one of the skins was like Under Armour, and then something else was, uh, you know, a couple of different brands. It was just 
it just felt like you know like, like you said we were building this character within this story um mm-hmm. and just to be part of it was like a dream come true you know uh, again being a, a mustang fanatic and loving ford it was uh i, I thought i was gonna pass out when we first walked in there <laughs> so all right i'll let yeah, you finish I, sorry i, I had to say my to say my bit. two cents <laughs> for sure i can i can definitely relate to that yeah it was great so go ahead uh, finish what you were saying sorry um but yeah so that 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 was the that was sort of the, the gist of the inspiration for that car, which on a brief, they'll, they'll give us sort of their inspiration. The same way we go through a folder and find our own, they'll sort of show you what they wanted to be. And it was that imagery that you guys saw and uh, sort of kicked off the car. And that was done with our team. And uh, I think it was the team in Cologne did that, like top secret. And they were friends of ours. They couldn't tell us what they were doing. So it was, it was cool. The, the whole like secrecy of that car and how it came out and no one knew it was coming was uh that's pretty rare in car design, yeah. I've noticed. Um, but anyway, so we, we did the, the sketch blitz, and uh, it was a lot of late nights. I think sometimes like 3 a.m. in the studio, you'd look around, and you can see the different people's lights in their, their workstation. Sort of how many no one was showing each other what they were working on, though, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's a whole like designer politics of... Uh, keeping your ideas the last minute, showing the boss and mm-hmm. not letting him show up in anyone else's design. It's, it's a whole thing where I'm sure it's the same in any job, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so we, we did the, the sketch blitz and I was lucky enough to win. I didn't think I, even though I was doing pretty well in it, people sort of get dropped off as you, as you go through the two week process and I was doing well, but I didn't think I would actually be able to do the car because I wasn't a senior designer. I was still pretty new, and I thought something that's important they would give to one of their, you know, one of their top gun guys. But uh, that was, I think, to credit like Omco, Bill, and those guys. They they took a chance on me, which was really cool. Um, and they put me lead on that car, and that was that was before you guys came in. So we, after that process, we sort of shipped to that hidden basement studio you guys saw. That was a storage room. They quickly mm-hmm. converted into a. Can you say who selected your design? Um, well, that was, yeah, that was a combination of Omco, the head global interior guy, and Bill, the manager of the program, and Maury Callum, our, you know, our top executive designer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, I think Raj Nair was in that too, where he was the, he was the program manager for the whole okay. car. Yep. But uh, we sort of presented to these guys, and they were, uh, they were just awesome, you know. It was a really cool process, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, I was, I was lucky enough to you know went in and get put in this little basement, and uh, that's sort of when the car started. We, we had a lot of changes that we had to do, and everything wasn't really figured out like it would be on a normal car. We were sort of uh, figuring it out as we we go. Like Bill would always say, uh, the goal for this car is to fail fast. We don't have time to try things, so try it really quick and figure out if it works and then we'll, we'll fail fast. And can you, can you send your original sketch? Is that something we're allowed to show? That one? Yeah, sure. That, that stuff, they, they did like a release packet of that stuff. Yeah. So I can dig it up and it's, it's all in the public domain so I can see cool. it. Cool. Sure. How, how, how close to the original design was the final? <laughs> uh, miles away. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's, we, we just found different constraints as we did the car to where we had to basically change everything the, the philosophy and Orion all that carried out throughout the whole process we, we never dropped that but 
we figured out things like we could do a floating screen and we had to cover it for an airbag problem and mm-hmm. uh, we brought in this carbon fiber uh, substrate that usually is just a, a shell covering a cross car beam. We just built the whole thing out of carbon fiber. So part of the interior became the, the car. And once we figured out we could do that, we sort of erased everything and started over. So there was a, there was a lot of uh, changes. So it sounds like uh, there, there was a lot of challenges along the way. Was there any major roadblocks uh, at any point where you thought, man, this is never even going to, this isn't going to happen? Well, for a, a car like that, and for most cars, there, there's always a fear at some point that you'll get the news that somewhere up the decision-making process, they decided to not do this car. And the team was so small, we were all working, you know, super late nights and weekends to get it done. So there was always a fear of um, sort of the car being shut down or or pushed back or, you know, we were, we were stressed the whole time. Once we finally got approval that they're going to make the thing, it was a, it was a big day for the team. We sort of, we all went and celebrated. And at that point we knew what, what the car was going to be. We had a good idea of packaging and what it would look like. So it was a, that was a huge, uh, that was, a, that was a good day. That's a relief for <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's uh, like you said, it's huge. I mean, you're, that's becoming part of history, you know, and again, them wanting to do it on their anniversary to go it's back to Le Mans. So being part of that, you know, for us was a dream come true, and I'm sure for, you know, car designer like yourself. Yeah, uh, actually, I, you guys, I don't, I don't know if I can say it, but you guys came in in a, a really interesting time where we were super stressed, and we didn't have the theme locked down the way we wanted to, and everyone's getting pretty tired. <laughs> And uh, I remember we were told we were going to go meet this team that had done some uh, some design work for us for the car. And I didn't really know what we were getting into. We drove to that research facility uh, a couple miles away from the development center. And uh, once we sat down in your guys' presentation, I, I remember, <laughs> to be honest, like I never really thought much about that stuff because it was always just given to us. We didn't really have any input. And it would sort of show up in the car after the fact. And, oh, okay, good i guess but uh and i remember speaking with bill leaving that we were just so blown away by yeah uh, you know what what you guys could do <laughs> it was yeah that, that was, that was, was a true honor was for a, us to be a part of that team it's something we'll we'll both yeah, never was, forget <laughs> cool but yeah it was uh that, that was really inspirational it was before you guys even did workforce just showing your your reel of the stuff you've done it was it was exciting <laughs> yeah we were all really excited and talking about different ideas about what it could be so that was, uh, that was really cool. It, it's funny how there's the, uh, you know, there's us on this side thinking about what you and Bill and the team are doing there, you know, behind closed doors. Um, and then what you guys are thinking about what we're doing. It's so funny how we'd easily switch jobs yeah. and then probably yeah. say, all right, I want to go back. <laughs> After all the <laughs> yeah. stress and everything else hits you, you know, everybody can take certain uh, pain points. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, only so much, so. No, but it was it was great. I mean, again, it was uh, it was an honor, and, and John, our creative director, was super stoked when we told him about it. So, uh, you know, you mentioned that you've worked on all these great cars, and you haven't gotten to drive any. Did you actually get to drive the GT at all? Um, the, the GT was a, a funny one where we did a lot of really cool, uh, I guess, exercises to figure out what the car should be. So at one point we took the the last generation GT and we built mock-ups like 3D printed mock-ups of the seats and the steering wheels and and just different things. Like we were fighting to have this cool almost square shaped steering wheel where some of the decision makers wanted just a traditional circle. 
and we built you know three circles and or three different wheels and three different sizes and put them in the car and we were able to drive around the you know the track and the research area not really on the street and try out the different seats and components and that was a uh, that was really cool i mean driving a, a 05 gt prototype with my prototype parts in it that was a, that was a cool day and then they actually they did bring in a bunch of competitors uh gt3 and a 458 uh speciale and mm-hmm. mclaren and all these other great cars and they wanted a, the design team to experience to make sure that we weren't missing anything of you know what a performance car like this should be mm-hmm. and it was a it was a great day where we just got to drive the cars on the track we did some training and uh you know you walk away from that situation with you know 50 new ideas of stuff you just wouldn't have thought of otherwise yep so i got to drive cool things and um we got to drive the pre-production car which was this really rough nasty thing <laughs> um but i had actually left ford before the cars were finished so i i didn't get to drive one of the one of the final production cars i'd like to try that someday <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm sure ford would have let me do it at some point but uh i just i had I felt like trying something new, so I went to a, a startup. So were you, were you still at Ford when they unveiled it uh, in January of 2016? Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. What was that experience like? Was, yeah, it was funny because I was I was working at Ford, and a lot of my friends were at GM and Chrysler. Even my roommate at the time was a ex-year guy at GM, and I couldn't tell them what I was working on because it's so secret. And I was never home; like my social life disappeared on that car. <laughs> so I had to like lie and tell them I was working on the new Mustang or something. And, and it, it was funny when, the, when I flew my family up and some of my friends from back home. And when the car came out, no one really knew what I was doing. And it was, you know, at that point, I think it was the coolest car in the world. So it was, uh, it was, it was funny to see all my friends mad at me for not telling them what cool project I was on. It, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then actually, we, me and the team went to the uh, the first race where the car actually won. And Ford set up a lot of cool, you know, like uh, areas in the track where we could watch and. We were there before the race with the cars, getting to, you know, see them, get it all set up, and that was just, that was unreal. Finishing the car, seeing it go to Le Mans, seeing it win Le Mans, it's like a, it's one of those, yeah, like pinch yourself. Yeah, <laughs> mission accomplished, right? Yeah, yeah, it was all way too cool. And you did it all. What was the timeline for everything? Oh, what was the timeline for that? Uh, I want to say we went from paper <laughs> sketches to finished design in less than a year which is Jesus. for a car that's usually a couple of years yeah so uh but the, the cool thing was is the car was so secret and such a quick timeline like we didn't have time to do anything is they put us in that basement and sort of cut us off from the the teams that could you know measure the cup holder and figure out you didn't put the right diameter or mm-hmm. <laughs> put a wrench in the whole thing so we were we were so isolated that we were able to go really really fast and there weren't there weren't a lot of heads in there toward changing things. It was you know we'd present directly to the executives that were pushing for this car, and they would give us direct fee. But usually you would present to your manager, your manager would present to the chief, your chief would present to the director, and then you sort of get this all this information. You try to translate it into what they want. But this one was such a small team that it was all really direct feedback, and we were able to do the car. <laughs> I think. Probably the fastest Ford's ever done a car, Amazing. I would bet. Well, I remember, uh, I, I'm not sure what part of the timeline this was for you guys, um, but when we went there, we, we had already done the 
designs for this the uh, gauge cluster and some center stack designs, and you know really wasn't in motion yet because it wasn't programmed into the car. But we decided we were going to put together a teaser for you guys just to get you <laughs> excited. I don't know if you remember, but um, <laughs> of I think I remember that. yeah, and I think That's Bill so cool. was there. <laughs> And Richard was there, and then we showed it, and they're like, hold on, we got to go get, like, Amco. And he came, <laughs> comes down, and he's like, hold on, we got to go get more. And, like, little by little, just every, yeah, every executive came down. And, like, when, uh, yeah, when Henry Ford III came down, it was just like, wow. Yep. That was my pinch-me moment. Like, man, I can't believe him. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, you guys you guys killed it on that one. Because the funny thing is, we, we didn't have the resources to do any sort of teaser animations for for that presentation. I remember the song you guys picked for this awesome animation you did. And I remember it because every time anyone important would come down in the studio to buy off on something, they'd be like, oh, hang on a second. They'd have the media cart and play it super loud. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think we played that video in the studio probably 300 times. (laughs) But but yeah, that was, that was a really cool moment where we had, we had a model in clay. It was really, really static. And we had models we could spin around in, in alias and Katia but we never had anything moving and uh you guys sort of brought this i don't know we always call it like the hollywood feel to it where it had music and movement and uh yeah it just made everyone who saw it really excited it sort of woke up the studio i feel like where uh we were just in get the car finished mode then we had this cool exciting thing we want to sit around and watch it was that was awesome (laughs) good job it was awesome for us too so after such a high point where do you go from there um, well, yeah, so from that car, I sort of moved back to the, the studio I was in and, uh, we had, we had sort of come up with the Orion project and the user experience based designer, Omco did it. He did a great job with that stuff. And we, we tried to implement that in, in every car we were doing. So new truck, new car, you know, SUV, we were, we were doing this really cool, you know, experience based design, not styling. We didn't want us to style a car and make it look cool. And, he was always yelling at me for putting too many champers on things. He's like, keep it simple. And, um, and that whole process was actually so like entertaining to work on that, that style of designing that even a, a boring car, like a, I wouldn't say like a <laughs> sedan or a, <laughs> a, a car that's not super exciting was, was actually a ton of fun. We would, we would do projects where we would rig up cameras and drive to Chicago and see how people interact together in a car and, try to translate that and pick certain points in that trip where there's something small we can improve to make our car stand out and, you know, make the whole experience different. So you're not, you're not buying a car because you wanted a, a four door or a small car. You're buying a car because you wanted a, you know, it's unique experience that we designed for you. And, uh, and that was great. I mean, we, we went through, I think three programs when I was there doing this, um, sort of Omco's technique of designing, which was, uh, it was completely new and it, it was really cool. And from there, I, I sort of wanted to try something new. And there's all this cool self-driving startup stuff going on in California. So I ended up Faraday. signing up with one of those companies. Yeah, Faraday. And uh, and that was that was just a different world. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it felt more like the little basement studio I was in where you're sort of um, autonomous. They expect you to do everything yourself and no big team behind you. And it was it was really cool because we were able to try things that, you know, a big company just wouldn't really go for. Um, and it was, uh, it was really 
I feel like the products were, felt like they were 10 years out, but we were trying to push for them to be two years out with this technology. So it was, it was really fun. And I don't know if you guys saw the FF91 that came out, but it was full of a lot of tech. I didn't work much on that car because it was mostly finished by the time I got there. But uh, the self-driving and electrification, it was, uh, it was it was really exciting to work on. And then from that, uh, one of the guys at FF left to go work with a, a colleague at this you know, new sort of secret Audi studio that no one knew about. And then uh, he called me, I think, a year later, and he's like, hey, we're, you know, we're going to do a studio in Malibu. Are you, are you interested? I was uh, sort of like, oh, that sounds you know, pretty cool. So now we're at a, we're sort of an established studio now, so we're allowed to talk about it. And it's uh, it's really cool. We did the, I don't know if you saw the PB18 show car at Pebble yeah. Beach last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really um, cool. Yeah, sort of four designers did that car, and I, I want to say the whole car, like from from start to build, was like a year. But it's a show car, so it's it's less uh, back and forth with engineering. Mm-hmm. But Are yeah, you driving an Audi yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I got rid of the. I had the Boss 302 when I met you guys. I love that car. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Yep. Now I'm in a. Now I'm in an S5. So it's a, that's it's a that's what I drive. Here. It's a great car. Yeah, it's a, it's a good car. <laughs> but uh, especially but yeah, in so Malibu. Yeah, it sort of fits. The Do you have the cabriolet out here? No, no, I want the hard top. Got that cool battleship gray, mm-hmm. quantum gray they came out with. So it's a. Awesome. It's a nice little car. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned back at FF, you know, the, the, the vehicle was electric. What are your thoughts, electric versus uh, gas? Um, I mean, I love gas. It's hard not to, just the, the noise and the, even the smell of the racetrack, all this cool stuff that comes with it. But I, I do feel like it's sort of, its days are numbered now. When you, you see the performance of these electric cars coming out, then are just like unheard of, like the, you know, an electric sedan can take on a Dodge Demon, which is yeah, it's built for drag racing. And then the stats of this, like some of the Remac and the Tesla, the new Roadster, they're they're so impressive that they're going to be taking on you know the big guys on handling too. Which is mm-hmm. once they've got acceleration handling, it's sort of uh, it's what the what's the point? But I'm uh, I'm still one of the guys that loves the manual transmission and. Uh, stinky gas cars. So. Yeah, they're going to be they're uh, going to be like dinosaurs manual transmissions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's it's it hurts a little bit to to know that's going to happen, but I think personally I think it's inevitable that electrification is going to happen and I think it is going to work. So, I'm I'm excited about it cuz it's something new for me to design and work on, so. Yeah, well, you get just, more uh, just different. You get more space too, right, to work with. You do and you get space in in different areas like the the flat floor is really nice for an interior, but at the same time, the, a four-wheel drive electric has the motors in front of your feet, so it's a it's a different it's it's, it's just like a new challenge. Uh, Amco always said, not restrictions but enablers. So, so it's a new list of enablers for us to work with, which is uh, <laughs> which I guess it, it makes it fun when we it. have a new challenge. It's like a new rule popped in, and you got to right. figure out how to make it as cool as you can. Yep. Yeah, we had a. Uh... Amco on our podcast a while back. He, he was great. Oh, great. I got I to listen to that. That guy's yeah. awesome. So what bit of advice uh, helped you along the way, and what advice do you have for younger designers just coming out of school? Uh, for the young guys, uh, 
from design, I, I always say, and I said it when I first got my first job, is sketch, like, sketch all you can. I know that today the the industry is changing where we can sort of build models really quickly and and do a lot of stuff we couldn't do before where we solely relied on sketching. But even then, you have to be able to get an idea on paper really fast and sort of come up with a theme and figure it out as you sketch and show someone. And, uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. And the other one is working at a, a headquarters where you learn the, the fundamentals. Don't, don't jump into the start. I know startup stuff's really fun and exciting, but learn the, learn the basics of how to build a car and mm-hmm. how to pass safety and all the things you have to learn to do a car, learn that first and then, then try the fun stuff. Cause it's, it's important no matter where you work. If you want to be in the car industry, you have to know that stuff. So what's next for you? Is there any uh, exciting projects that you're, you can talk about? Um, there's nothing I could talk about. But definitely <laughs> well, it's really just us two. Shot. Remember, it's just, ju- it's just us. So you could tell us. <laughs> yeah, I wish, but, uh, but yeah, it's Audi's, uh, I'm sure you've been seeing the cars coming out lately. Audi's doing some really cool, exciting stuff. And, because we're a new studio, they're really interested in our input and what we can bring to the team. So we're uh, we're putting in the late nights again. Like I used do you to, collaborate at all with the team and at the Electronics Research Lab, the VW team, up a little north uh, from you? The that's sort of strictly Volkswagen, how they deal with the studio. Because we've done and some work for Audi through that group. Yeah, Audi used to have uh, DCC in Santa Monica, which was a really cool studio at the airport in Santa Monica. Where we've been there as well. They yeah. worked on, yeah, that one. They worked on Volkswagen and Lamborghini and you know Bugatti and Audi. They worked on everything there. And then when that was closed, I think Snapchat or someone bought the building. But now it's it's been split to where we're we're in the Audi studio and we're solely focused on Audi and trying to advance Audi and then Volkswagen's doing their thing with specifically Volkswagen. We'll share things if we need to, but um, they're, they're really trying to focus on brands. They don't, they don't want sort of to feel like a, an Audi's like a rebranded Volkswagen or mm-hmm. right. it's the same thing we did at Ford where we separated Lincoln and we sort of stopped talking to those guys. Like uh-huh. don't look at their work. We want completely different. So it's, it's a good thing for a company to do to try to make their brands unique and really like focus in on their values. Yep. Yeah, well, it goes back to you know creating these uh, these characters within the story. You know, you got Audi yeah. who's got their their the great line of vehicles and R8 and all that fun stuff. So. Um, yeah, yeah, we have our we have our heroes. <laughs> yep, that's Tony Stark right there, the R8. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Every time my son sees an R8, he thinks it's Tony Stark's car. <laughs> yeah, that's I love branding that thing. for sure. Yeah, that's, it's funny. We see him out here. We see the spider driving up the TCH. And you just can't help think. It's like, oh, there's Tony going back to the yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it might actually be Robert Downey Jr. in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I heard he's got one out here. <laughs> yeah. So besides the Audi that you're driving around in, what, uh, what's your dream car to drive? And you've driven oh. a couple already, so what, what's left on the list? To drive? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. I just want the I want that Ford GT. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So whenever you get it, here and it still looks like a spaceship on the road. Yeah, I haven't seen one live yet. To be honest, well, I've seen it at the uh, car show, but not on on the roads here. Oh, uh, it, you know, it's, it's something on the street. It's it's so low. It makes like a like a four eight eight look giant. <laughs> so yeah, it's like someone stepped on the car. It's so cool. They made it so hard to get with all the the 
restrictions. Yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. call that enablers. I <laughs> call price. it restrictions because uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it really is hard to get. Well, I don't have the bank for it anyway, but still, I don't have the Twitter followers. Although after this one, we're going to get up there. there. You go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd love to get a Mustang again someday. I've been looking towards the 67, 68 Mustang now. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Going with the classics. Spot for that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the new... What do you think of the new 500? Oh, I love it. That's a that's an awesome car. If everyone gets an awesome exterior guy to talk to, Chris Stevens did that one, and uh, it stands apart so much from the rest of the Mustang lineup. He, he did a great job, and mm-hmm. uh, the thing's going to be so fast. <laughs> I really want to drive one of those. I, I can't imagine that much power in a Ford, so it's going to be really cool. <laughs> you going to get one? Um. I got to talk to my wife first, <laughs> but uh, it's on the list for sure. Um, you know, I got to drive a 350R recently. Oh yeah, which Man. was uh, I mean, that was uh, they ripped my eyeballs out. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cool car. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, so I can't imagine the 500 is uh, you know, how much further back my head could snap. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. um, but definitely on the list for sure. I, if I if I had uh, unlimited uh, uh, money, I would definitely uh, put my name on the list to pick one up. Because they're going over, <laughs> de- you know. You know, the dealers always yeah. like to smack a little extra on top. So. Yeah, and that's what everyone gave Ford such a hard time for that crazy process of the GT to get one. But uh, I think the way they did it, sort of, uh, you're not seeing the big markups, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you're not paying an extra hundred grand to get a car just because a dealer has it, which is interesting. Yeah, no, no. I think I think uh, you know having those uh, prerequisites to to get one was uh, is cool for sure. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're only making limited amounts, so you, you know, if you want something special, you should you got to work for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so how can people uh, find you if they have any questions? You know, uh, track you on Instagram. You know, uh, sit outside the Audi studio and just follow you around. How how do how do they get in touch with you if they want to? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Twitter. Some some designers have a really strong Instagram page or uh, where they'll post all their work. But um, anywhere I've gone in industry wise is just through people I work with. Like I went to, except for Ford, I went to FF because a friend went there. And, mm-hmm told me how great it was and brought me in and then Audi was because I worked with a friend at FF and he liked working with me so I went to Audi um I don't really have a, a strong you know page showing off all my work but uh I probably should well you probably <laughs> have a lot it. of restrictions too on that on that front I'm sure yeah for for designers it's funny you, you do like I mean you'll spend weeks doing this amazing artwork that you, you love and then sort of the rule is you're not allowed to show anyone unless the car comes out and the company decides they want to put your sketches in the press, you know, mm-hmm. packet. So, uh, there's a lot of, it's, it's a shame, honestly, when you're in the studio, you see this amazing work, it's beautiful. And you just walk around, you're inspired, but then, you know, only 1% of that's ever going to leave the building. So it's kind of sad. It's like, it's, uh, they don't do like the concept art books, like at the end of star Wars or something. Yeah. So all this amazing art is sort of lost forever, which is, you know, it hurts a little bit, but yeah, we can totally sympathize. So much of our work is yeah. cloaked in secrecy as well. Yeah, yeah, it hurts a little bit, but <laughs> nature of the beast. Well, David, thank you so much. 
This has been a blast for both of us. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's awesome to get yeah. reconnected as well. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, working with you guys was uh, that was one of the cooler things I've done for a car designer. It's, it surprised me. It was, it was just an awesome experience. So definitely love to stay in touch with you guys. And that wraps up another episode of the Perception Podcast. As always, send any questions and comments to ask at experienceperception.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Sign up for our weekly newsletter on our site, experienceperception.com slash contact. Lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and write a nice review. See you on the next episode. Thank you.